0: Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of the Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone.
1: We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay.
0: We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're
1: not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 452 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah.
0: Hey, Megan. How are you? Good. Hey, when do you think we stop saying here as always with? I think we still say it sometimes. I do.
1: Well, sometimes we announce ourselves as the wrong person. I just want to share this with listeners that twice in the last month, we have each started an episode by calling ourselves the other person.
0: Right. Like me saying, I'm Megan Francis. Why would we do that? What kind of brain short circuit would I don't know?
1: Maybe it's because uh, there's been a lot happening after the holidays and life has been hectic. See what I'm doing here? This was not a planned segue, Ah. but we are doing an episode today about like, getting things done, getting on with life, just being alive when life is a lot, when there's a lot of stuff going on. And, and that could be so many things. Like maybe you just had a baby. Maybe you're still trying to get into back into normal life after a holiday or like all the snow days that happened after the holiday here, or you're traveling, your spouse is traveling. Someone's been sick. There's lots of activities. Like I could probably rattle off a list of 12 more things that are very common themes that throw you off kilter, that throw yes. off your normal routine.
0: Even, even when maybe your season of life is pretty chaotic already, but there's like a version of doable normal, no matter what season of life you're in. Um, Megan, we a couple of weeks ago, we re-released a really old episode from the archives um, based on a listener question from a mom who had like a newborn, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And she was asking us kind of this question, like, like, how do I get it all done in a day? You and I don't have a four year old, a two year old and a newborn, but we have our own versions of chaos. So I guess my point is this episode addresses whatever your level of chaos is when it gets that much worse. How do you keep up?
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to just make it clear that by like getting things done when life is a little crazy doesn't mean getting all the things done or, or <laughs> right. like getting all the things all the way done. And I I know that's a trap. I can fall into. I'm getting better about this with experience. Mm-hmm. But being really all or nothing and feeling like, "Oh no, this hiccup is going to last forever. I'll never get the wheels back on the bus."
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's been a learning curve for me too.
1: Yeah. And I think too, you know, we both have enough life experience now, parenting experience now, that we can look back at many times over our lives. Like you said, depending wherever you're starting from, Things got worse.
0: Yeah, things get worse. Somebody <laughs> yes. else gets sick, like another yes. shoe drops. Somewhere. Right.
1: Yeah. And, but every time things have eventually gotten back to some kind of homeostasis, I would actually say, and part of this, of course, is because neither one of us have tiny little kids in the house. But if anything, over the years, my routines, my habits, my structures, have like become more cemented and they're easier to get back to more quickly than they used Mm -hmm. to be. It used to feel like, and I think part of it was the craziness of life with little kids, but also part of it was just being less experienced at juggling it all Mm -hmm. and almost having like the brain grooves weren't worn as deep yet. So there would be some flailing. Like I would almost forget, like, what did I used to do? How did this used to work? work? (laughs) Right. And now it's a lot shorter. Like I get back to things faster.
0: I think that's a really good point. I think another difference I've noticed in my 40s versus my 30s is I think I am better at assessing what to let go of because something's got to go, right? Like they talk about glass balls and rubber balls. Like you got to drop some balls. So knowing which balls to drop and which balls to hold on to because they actually preserve my mental well-being or my sleep. And I, I think I am better now at... I guess that's a fancy way of saying prioritizing or deciding what to let go and what to hold on to. And all of those things, like you said, lead to it's a little easier to get back on track after things have been awry.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to share some tactics or strategies um, that we've personally leaned on. And again, not all of these strategies are (laughs) actually about doing like a quote, better job, unquote, of getting things done. Some of them are going to be more about like accepting where you are, giving yourself a break, maybe not having that all or nothing kind of thinking. So we're going to get to that. But first, I think we should both share where are we with it? Like right now, this was we were yesterday. We were talking about topics that we were going to record. And this came into my mind as though it was planted there (laughs) by a supreme being yeah, or perhaps some little, you know, thing in the back of my mind was like, your life is crazy right now. You should talk about that. So Tell me about where you are right now or where you've been recently.
0: I also I have to sidebar real quick and then I will answer your question that people often say, like, how do you guys come up with topics for your show? And it's like, (laughs) I don't know. We're recording tomorrow. What's going on in our actual lives? And sometimes that's true. And sometimes we do have a longer line of sight. But this one was like, where are we right now? I will say I said to a friend like two days ago, I'm feeling so like I want to knock on all the wood and not jinx anything but I'm feeling really good about like my rhythms, my routines, my productivity, even my kids and like how they are doing and we're recording this on February 1st and I will just tell you it took a it took until like January 24th for me to feel like I was in the year 2024. It took 3 plus weeks and that was because as if you've been listening we took a big trip. We went in an international trip over the holidays. We didn't get back until the end of the first week of January. And then re-entry was rough. Jet lag was rough. We had colds. Um, it just took longer than I wanted it to. And I was dealing with headaches and it just like, I could, I mean, I could laundry list 12 other things that felt hard, but it, it took so much longer than I wanted it to. And at this moment in time, I feel really good. Like I, It's a good reminder that, yes, those those things do pass. And right now I feel well rested. I feel like I'm feeding my family well. I feel like I'm working. It's like everything's clicked into place, but it took a long time.
1: It took a long time. But then once it started to click into place, the rebound was really fast. It sounds like Mm, it's, you know, January 24th was like a week ago. (laughs) Like
0: finally. Yeah. Well, like Finally. And maybe there was, I'm sure there was some incremental steps along right. that way. Um, Violet's birthday, we hosted Violet's birthday. Her birthday is the 21st. And that weekend I remember feeling like, okay, I have a lot of energy this weekend, but I also had a, an 11-year-old sleepover in my house. So maybe I didn't quite, I didn't have maybe the time I wanted to devote to things like cleaning out the garage and, you know, meal planning and things like that. But I had my energy back by about then. How about you? Well,
1: I'm still circling the drain. <laughs> Things are still deteriorating over here. No, I you know, it's it's incredible to realize that as we're recording this, we've only been in this new year for a month because in one way, like it feels like it went by in 3 days, and on the other hand, I'm like, wow, this has been a lot this year. So a lot has happened. My kids had a whole bunch of snow days for, right. in, and this year our break went like a lot of people's breaks and your break, it went pretty late. Like they didn't go back to school till the if they're sick something like that and then almost immediately they had snow days and they had their exams and so those kept getting right, pushed yeah. back and that felt really chaotic i've traveled a lot this month i've been up north twice already eric is up north working on the bookstore building so he's not here um and i've been dealing with some like back pain and stuff mm-hmm. that i'm trying to sort out and it's bit like it just layers on. It's like life is it's already hard enough when life is chaotic and there's a lot happening and I'm just trying to keep up with it all. But then to take away my ability to easily get around. Yes, that is is
0: the absolute worst. Yes. I I mean, it truly I were like I have had times where my own mobility or my own wellness is the main thing. And I I I lay there and think to myself, if I could feel good, I could handle all of the rest of this, the sick kids, the traveling husband, the family dynamics, like all the things. But if I don't have my, and and it just, it gives you so much compassion for people who deal with chronic pain or disability or whatever.
1: Yeah. And it sounds so cliche, but like, it reminds me of how much I take those things for granted. Like just being able to go get in a good walk because it'll feel good or being able to easily like just go do a power clean in the house or something. So I'm hoping that's, starting to be behind me and that we're moving in the right direction, but it's just been super demoralizing. Um, and (laughs) today, you know, my kids are going to be getting home from school pretty soon. And I had a moment where I was like, I just assumed that all these things that were going to be on the docket for tonight, were going to include me standing around the kitchen for three hours, cooking dinner, and then cleaning up afterward and hanging out with them. And like, I don't know that all those things are going to happen. Like they just might not be in the cards tonight. And that's part of the learning, the release, you know, and letting yeah. and, and knowing it will get there eventually and I don't have to panic about it. Um, that has been a, a lifelong learning curve. Yeah, I hear you.
0: It will it will change. And I'm so sorry that your back hurts today.
1: Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor.
0: Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out.
1: Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at BionicShoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Sarah, Well, before we get into our tips and tactics, I want to quickly... Uh, I don't know. Let's do some parent of older kids, myth busting, if you will, about delegation, because I think as moms, we hear so often that we should delegate. And that is the like solution to our burdens, whether it's to our kids or our spouse or whoever hired help, whatever, um, And I don't disagree that delegation is very important. I think it's important everyone learn how to pitch in that they should pitch in, and we've talked about this ad nauseum. And I think we just did an episode about it, like two months ago, something like that. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, Um, but I have a theory that delegation is not the solution in a time of crisis, and I'm going to use that word pretty broadly. Whatever things are out of whack, unless it was something that family member was already doing really competently. Uh Or you're literally bedridden and you have no choice. Like you can't do anything. Right. Um, like a little bit later, I'm going to share a tip that has to do with meal planning. And when life is crazy, I keep meal planning. And I'm sure there are people, maybe people with younger kids or maybe people whose kids are grown and now they've forgotten or something who might be like, well, why wouldn't you just have
0: your teenager cook dinner?
1: And just thinking about that gives me so much anxiety. I'm really curious what you think about this, Sarah.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I think it's because when we think about delegating, especially to our older kids, there's a part of that where they are still learning and we are actually mentoring and coaching. Like if you think about like a teenager cooking a meal or helping with the laundry or anything, if you had, um, An on ramp for that. If you had like a couple weeks notice and said, you know, I'm going to be transferring these duties to you, but often in these crises, we we haven't (laughs) we haven't prepared for this. We're not ready. I, I agree. Often having help adds as much mental load and stress as not having the help and simply reducing the number of things on anyone's plate. So I would say I agree. I think a combination that can work well is, I'm going to talk later about like really radically removing things from your quote unquote to-do list that don't need to be done. And so if you can remove a bunch and then ask for help with the essentials that are left, that might be a good pairing, but just expecting that your family will step in to the shoes you normally fill and do it all sounds stressful to me as well, or a friend or a mother-in-law or anything. It's like, no, no, I don't want you to do the things I usually do. I I, I don't want to
1: have to deal with the fallout. And I also don't want to have to coach anybody. And I don't want to have to train anybody. I don't want to have to worry that now they don't think they did. Like, they're going to worry that I didn't think they did a good job. Like, I don't want any of that on my plate. Again, if I'm bedridden and the only option to get everything, like to get my kids to school or get my laundry done or whatever, feed everybody, is someone else stepping in wonderful. Um, I guess this is like a totally a tangent that I wasn't even thinking about before. But this is also one of those things where I think I 100 percent agree that there can be a, uh, a learned — what's the word, a learned helplessness,, yeah, mm-hmm. on the part of one's kids or spouse. I, I totally agree with that. On the other hand, there are so many things that my spouse does that if he were trying to direct me from like a fever
0: yeah. —, let's just say, From a sick bed
1: From a sick bed, I would have no idea how to do it. And so it feels a little unfair sometimes that that like we assume that pulling your weight in a household as one of the adults means having to know how to do every single thing in the house, because if that's the case, I am not pulling my weight.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't think that's realistic in a lot of households. There's just spheres of influence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, let's jump into then just sharing some strategies that we lean on um, for getting stuff done and again we're using that very very loosely when life is a little bit nutty and i'll just start with the one i already mentioned it's meal planning um i don't stop meal planning for me and this is like a your miles may vary kind of thing if i turned that off it would just make everything else worse i think um like the idea of pizza boxes stacking up on the counter or um just everyone kind of fending for themselves all week. Not that it never happens, but like for an extended period of time or me trying to like on the fly feed everybody because I didn't think about it beforehand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds really, really
1: stressful to me. So I just make it easier on myself. Like I just make the same things over and over, or I lean on, um, tricks to make things easier. Like I have jarred sauces in my fridge and I have a rice cooker that I already use a lot anyway, but I'll use it more or, I make everyone clean out the leftovers. I just I just make it as easy as possible and that looks different now than it might have 10 or 15 years ago and we have an episode coming out um in a week, week, right? Next yeah. week about our like the meals that are always in rotation and that looks different for me now than it did 10 or 15 years ago. So like maybe 10 or 15 years ago it might have been mac and cheese and and chicken nuggets and that's just not the way our family's eating as much now, but like the my version of that now is just as easy as that was then. So yeah. Um, because I'm just so used to it, and I think that that is—that's the power of a routine, that's so embedded that you don't have to think about it anymore. Like the power of a positive routine. Yep. Not all routines are positive. Um, now I don't always go through the whole routine, so I'm not like if I'm not well, or if life is too nuts, or if I can't get everyone at the table at the same time. It doesn't mean I'm still getting everyone. Like I'm not waiting until nine o'clock at night until all my kids get home. Um, and making dinner and having a lighting a candle and yeah, lighting a candle. I'm not like dragging myself out of bed. If I don't feel well to sit at the table with them for an hour and eat it, it might more be like when they were little, maybe it would have meant they sat up at the Island. They Mm -hmm. ate something really quick. I quickly cleaned up the dish, the kitchen while they ate. So we got the whole shebang done in like 10 minutes. That was one way I might've coped. Um, Now it would probably mean I get a super simple meal ready. I leave it on the stovetop. We all eat it whenever we can, so not all at the same time. And then they load the dishwasher while I'm in bed or taking a bath. So it looks different than it did, but I think the idea that like sometimes opting out of a vital function for keeping alive Uh doesn't work. So you still have to do some version of that. And maybe the routine is actually serving you.
0: I think there's so much wisdom here, and I'm only like sixty five percent of the way to learning this lesson for myself, but it's, you're so right that having a meal plan of any kind is actually much easier than having none and having to deal with the fallout of having none. Um, and I, I am getting a lot better than this, but like when I had little kids and a traveling spouse, I think I did just a lot of winging it. And I did a lot of getting to that five o'clock hour and not knowing what to do. And now if I could coach that younger self now, I would just say, just decide, decide it's box mac and cheese night. And you're using paper plates and put the box out on the counter, like at lunchtime. So you, you know, what's, you know, what's coming. The decision fatigue is not there. Decide And the kids know what's coming. So you don't have to answer the question. Exactly. And (laughs) decide to use paper plates and put the paper plates out, like set the table even so that there it's like, it's such a, um, counterintuitive, but that little bit of removing those those last minute decisions, I feel like saves so much time and stress. And I just used to think, and sometimes I still forget, I used to think that a meal plan meant a fancy meal. Like you meal yeah. plan when you're on your game and and you want to make yeah. like a main and a side and have everybody sitting down together. And I I would argue it's almost the opposite. Like a meal plan can keep you from... Completely falling apart when times are hard. When you're on your A game, you can wing it. You can be like, "I feel like making soup from scratch this afternoon because I'm on my A game." You're not going to do that. It's it's like the reverse.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. And a meal plan, all that means is that you are planning to put food on your family's. That's it. There's nothing else magical about it. When I was also younger, a younger mom, I'll just say, and would not and would fail to meal plan, would not meal plan. So often I would get, it's not just that I couldn't think of like what to do or oops, it's five o'clock and now I'm out of time. That's part of it. But even just the mental fatigue of trying to think about it at that point, I would just be like, I can't, I can't think about this. I don't know what to do. I'm hungry now. They're all hungry. And often it would be jumping in the car and going to pick up McDonald's or something. And that's not easier. Like, no. there's nothing really easy about navigating a drive through with a bunch of little kids yelling their order at you. Yes, It is not a low stress Super situation. <laughs> like then you're going to get food all over your car. Like there's nothing actually better about it. It's just sometimes it's all your brain can do. So just yeah. a little bit of planning yeah. ahead of time might save you from that
0: disaster. I 100% agree. That's a good one. Well, here's one that does not feel like it's about getting stuff done initially. And I almost took it off the list and I was like, no, I'm going to stick with this. But when times are really challenging for me, something that helps enormously is to get myself dressed at the beginning of the day in really comfortable, but also clean and presentable clothes. Um, of course there are true sick days where you just don't even change your clothes. You're in dirty pajamas, but the, that's a pretty, that's a small margin of, of what we're calling these like, crazy times. The rest of the time, first of all, soft fabrics can actually improve my mood. I learned this a long time ago about myself in times of stress, that there's something about really cozy fabrics and being the right temperature, not too hot and not too cold and comfortable socks. Um, It really it's like it helps with that, um, you know, that low level kind of death by a thousand cuts feeling if your pants are too tight or your feet are cold or whatever just removing that from the equation. Life is already hard. I'm going to baby myself in a sensory way by making sure I'm comfortable, but I'm also not talking about a bathrobe and slippers all day because when life is bananas, you also may have to run, get a kid because you forgot to do that. There's all these things that happen, happen. And I, I don't also feel good going out in the world looking really haggard in my like cartoon mom. Well, right. It's kind of like the, the <laughs> yeah, meal the plan hair thing. everywhere in like, the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I have a few out, and I will wear a version of the same outfit for two weeks. I, I mean, it's clean. I have changed my undergarments. I'm wearing deodorant. I've grabbed a shower when I can, but I will wear the same type of like soft black pants and some kind of soft, kind of dolman style, like slouchy sweater. And I can throw on a coat of mascara if I'm feeling like I can do that. And then I'm both presentable to the outside world but I'm also really comfortable in my inside world and none of that has to do with productivity but it does because when I take care of myself in that way I can get a little bit I can get the essentials done
1: well also it's like it's like uh setting this the stage it's yeah. like creating the canvas for not adding extra stress or a feeling, you know, that disheveled feeling you get yeah. when you're not dressed at all. Yes. I also think on the flip side, like even days that I'm maybe not, maybe I'm not stressed yet or overwhelmed yet, but I feel like the day is going to be a little hectic. Yeah. I will sometimes like, it feels amazing to say today I am going to wear this really comfy outfit, but I'm going to like kind of fake it by putting on a cardigan that sort of looks like real clothes. Like, you know, it's like Uh a little brain, a little Uh trick. I feel like I'm getting away with something because I've decided that that's what I'm going to do. It doesn't feel like giving up. It doesn't feel like I just didn't bother. It's like, oh, no, this is part of the plan.
0: Well, I mean, you know this about me, but I have a couple of pairs of black pajama pants that I think pass as. They look like they could be real pants. One is like a like a harem style pant. Um, and it, I can wear it with in the spring or summer. I can wear it with like Birkenstocks and like a cute, um, hoodie or something. And I all day, I feel like I'm like, I'm wearing pajamas and you don't even know it.
1: (laughs) Don't you also have a pair of like rust colored pajama pants that you wear as pants? So
0: you're not wrong about the memory, but those rust colored pants are like a linen cropped pant. So they are technically real pants. The ones I'm talking about are from the pajama department. And so that's what makes me feel like I'm getting away with something. See, I
1: don't even know the difference between your regular pants and your pajama pants. So I'm not sure what that means, that good or
0: bad. (laughs) No, it definitely means I dress very casually. But the other thing about this is I think it allows me to be really realistic about what I'm going to get done in a day because I'm not going to work out on a day where I dress myself in drapey, (laughs) comfy cottons. I'm not kidding myself that there's going to be, you know, a workout or something else. It's like, it's like committing at the beginning of the day to what I know I'm capable of, which is very little and, and doing that in my choice of clothing. I love
1: that. Well, this one is also about routines and structure, sort of. I, I, I do love flexibility, um, but I also really need some bones around it, right? Or, or else I just don't do anything. I just like melt into a big heap. So I sort of create in, in the business world, they call... When you're ready to go to market, they call that your minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. It's like the less, the least flashy, and least finished version that you can get out on the on the counter or on the shelves right. and see what people think. Get people, you know, people to buy it, people to react. So I have like a minimum viable routine. I love it. And it is, you know, how we talk about the big rocks and the small yeah. rocks and the sand. This is just the big rocks. There's no little rocks. There's no sand. It's literally just what has to happen today? And it might be something like the kids have to get to school on time or on time ish, like sometime in the first hour. Mm -hmm. Um, I will show up for my work in some way. And sometimes that's just answering emails or, um, community, you know, I have a, a job now that I'm doing. So I have like coworkers and sometimes I will have, if the day is really wacky, I might just be communicating with coworkers about stuff, like little, little things like adding, making an outline, but not working on the story, things like that Um, might be. Again, I just put some sort of food out for people to eat around a time that would be a dinner ish time
0: dinner, dinner approximating time. Yes.
1: Um, So it's like maybe that if if once I have the bones out, I feel like I can add any meat or fascia or any of that. I might. But sometimes but all I'm expecting is that minimum. I never like I don't feel at the end of the day, like it was a failure if I just did the rocks Yeah, and it, you know, we all have our own version of what that looks like, depending on the stage of life that we're in and like what, you know, what your kids really need from you and, and what makes your household run. But I feel like if we all thought about it, we could probably identify maybe something early in the day that kind of gets things moving in the right direction. Maybe something that keeps things moving and then something that kind of wraps it up at night.
0: Yeah. And I think you know how I always say, or I have said before on this show, like lower your expectations, and when you think they're low, look at them and lower them lower again. Them again. <laughs> this is like when you think that you're the big rocks, the big pivotal points in your day are, you know, A, B, C, D, and E. Like, take a step back,
1: look, or at start those from and, nothing,
0: and ask, like, <laughs> are they really all necessary? Right. Or does you know, and what is what's the truly minimum viable routine? I love thinking of it that way. Okay. Well, this is perfect because we were just talking about your minimum viable routine, Megan, and how that looks different for everybody. Um, my next tip is kind of along the same lines, but I'll get more granular in, in how I think about actual, uh, tasks that need to be completed in a day or to do list items. And, and this is where we get into kind of like productivity during challenging times. So the tip is during times of stress, I don't allow myself to think about things that are going to need to be done tomorrow or the next day or the next day. I have to get really radical and kind of strict with myself about whatever the today's list of things that need to be done, keeping it as essential minimum viable, like you said um, and not just not even going there with, with what's happening tomorrow and the next day and the next day. I have a tendency when under stress to actually lose the ability to figure out what's important, what's not important, what's urgent, what's non-urgent, you know, like that grid that you Mm -hmm. get in productivity lessons. It's like that part of my brain stops working. And I think everything has to happen today and everything is urgent and everything is important. Does that look for you?
1: Because I can be this way too. And it's usually when there's something has happened, um, that has like thrown everything off. And I will go in mental circles about the dumbest, most inconsequential thing that doesn't need to be done for weeks. It's suddenly like right in front of me. Like I got to do this now.
0: Yeah. 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 I think it's a stress response, but yeah, I could, I might be looking at airline tickets for a trip we're taking in April, but I've got three sick kids and a, you know, it's just like, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't make sense. So for me, the last few years, I use Todoist as my my to do list. It's an app on my phone and on my computer, and um, everything on my Todoist list has a date, a due date attached to it. And the reason for that is when I ju- when I open the app, it's just it brings up today, and I just see what needs to be done today. Now, the way the app works. A lot of my tasks are recurring. So like I clean the cat litter box every 2 days and I pop into our Facebook group for the mom hour every 3 days and I water my plants every 10 days. I don't ever have to remember that. I just have the re- I have the frequency set and it'll pop up when it's been that many days. So, on a stressful day, I might open Todoist and see, you know, 14 things that are technically due. I'm using due in very loose quotes because again, back to minimum viable, these are things that when I'm on my A game, recur at this frequency. But if I'm in stress mode, I would look at that. And in the app, I would tap the little thing and I would punt it, or you can um, postpone it till the next recurrence. You can just put it on tomorrow. And I will, if I were using a pen and paper to-do list, I would truly just cross it all off and copy over only the things that absolutely have to be done today. And then Just not not allow myself to think about the rest because they will when my brain is working better, when I'm got a good night's sleep, when life starts to come around again, I'm not going to forget those things. Those things will they will be there for me when I am ready for them. And today needs to be truly only about today.
1: I love this. I'm just going to add on a quick thing because you talking about the to do list and like how and punting things made me think of a time recently where this happened to me. And I was really, I'm not spinning my wheels is too, is really too gentle of a phrase for what I was doing. It was like some kind of a animal chasing their tail, but the animal doesn't even have a tail because they chewed it off or something. Anyway, it was, I was trying to make decisions and I was trying to make decisions about things I could not make the decision about because I didn't have the information I needed and actually didn't even need to make the decision that day anyway. So I feel like, any decision making that can get put off. Yeah. When you're in a time of stress. Yes. Just give yourself that gift. Like you probably don't need to know this now. You maybe don't need to communicate like just because you got a text from someone asking you a question does not mean that's your problem right now. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And and sometimes it's really small decisions. They can feel huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In those moments. And if you're if you do feel like, well, if I don't do these things today, it's just going to pile up. Tomorrow, and you just feel this kind of urgency. Just give yourself 10 minutes to kind of write down all those swirly thoughts and then like trust that you will get to them, but they are not your job today. Like, if you, and now I feel like we are speaking directly to the mom who's super overwhelmed, all the kids are sick, whatever the even crises worse than that. Like, give yourself that gift of let it all out somewhere in a journal, in a notes app on your phone, and then just you will get to it. It's just not today. Today is not that day.
1: Well, this dovetails very well into my next one. And this is kind of like now what's happening at the end of the day um, or as close to the end of the day that you feel like getting. And, and this is something I didn't start doing until my 30s. But sometimes I just call it and go to bed. So if the day has been a whole process, procedure, a whole thing. Right. And I am over the top stressed and done, which sometimes for me manifests in feeling very exhausted, mm. like a sudden bone deep exhaustion where I'm like, why am I so tired? Right. And I realize I'm just done. I'll just go get in bed at like seven, six thirty And I didn't do that when I was younger. I think I really thought I have to power through, uh, if I can just get through this little blip, um, then I can be productive tonight and that will make me feel better. You know, be, getting more stuff done right. will make me feel better. Right. Solving this will make me feel better.
0: Wiping and I, the counters.
1: <laughs> right, that, and sometimes it does make you feel better, yeah. but there comes a point where sometimes you're just like, nope. And I have a very clear memory of feeling so stressed and so tired and defeated and thinking if I, if I didn't do anything, it'd be like giving up. And I thought, great, I'll just give up. Like it was sort of like a little... Mindset shift. I went from thinking giving up was a terrible thing to thinking, actually, maybe giving up is just the thing. And
0: <laughs> it is the thing. The
1: minute I decided that, I can't even tell you the relief that I felt. Like, oh, my, the solution to being stressed with what's on your plate is not always being better at doing everything that's on your plate. Like that's not always going to be the thing that solves it. And you being able to power through white knuckle, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use, um, just keep going like an energizer bunny that you don't owe that to anybody. You don't owe that to yourself. Um, It's just, it's not a character flaw. It's sometimes you're just done. And for me saying that I'm done. I'm not doing this tonight. I'm going to bed. Or sometimes it'll be like, I'm not going to look at that thing for three days or whatever. I I have like all kinds of little mental tricks. Almost always I have an immediate energy boost. like maybe I go to bed at seven and I wake up the next day and I feel amazing. Or maybe I decide I'm walking away from some project forever. And then the next day I'm like, actually, I'm kind of into this again. Yeah, it's it's like you have to throw it all away to be able to pick it back up.
0: Um, I'm going to offer an alternative if going to bed at seven is either not possible for you because you're single parenting or something, or if it just doesn't solve it, um, because I already go to bed really early and the earlier I go to bed well, (laughs) and my problem is no, I don't go to bed at seven, but actually lately going to bed earlier, just means I wake up at terrible
1: weird hours. So, oh yeah. Anyway. Can I just really quickly, I just want to quickly interject that taking to your bed does not have to mean sleeping. Well, that's a good point. It could mean getting in bed, covering up and telling the kids to come pile in the bed with you and do their own thing on your bed. But it's like you've checked out of the job part. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I did that when my kids were little. Um, But sleeping, I wouldn't fall asleep for hours. It was more just like I am. I'm done. Yes, I'm done now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like is more me anyway. (laughs) Like I'm always done at the end of the day. But Here's, if you want an alternative that really gives you that same feeling of freedom, um, ask yourself if there are plans or commitments that you could cancel. And if you had a reaction to my saying that, like, no, I can't cancel plans or commitments, um, I would push back against that a little bit. I think there's this a similar kind of freedom when you look at your whether it's a work calendar, a social calendar, the kids stuff, the kids' practices that you like you are always there, your kids don't miss lessons or practices. Um, I have in times of stress found incredible freedom in that kind of playing hooky because it's not my MO. We just don't like we're not a hooky playing family, really. So when we do it, it feels like just like how you're describing of like, oh, yeah, we're done. like we are done with this day. We're skipping the play dates. We're skipping the practices. We're we're calling it. So that's just an alternative that I think has the kind of the same feel.
1: It's a it's a very subversive mm-hmm. and good feeling.
0: Yeah. All right, well my last tip is a it's a two for one. Um because it's two small mindset shifting tricks that work for me. Um and again, I'm not so sure this is about getting stuff done so much as putting yourself in the mindset where you have half a chance of getting stuff done. Um but they kind of go together and one is to look for the humor. Um, I had a, I got a lot of mileage when I had really little kids out of just seeing how absurd some of these life situations became. You've got dogs puking on the ground. You've got the doorbell ringing because someone's waking up the baby with a package like you haven't showered in four days like there's you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I was, I think, able a lot of the time to like, take a picture of something totally disgusting or like unbelievably stressful and like bonding with a friend over it, seeing the humor, even like those were the days where I was like reading a lot of funny humor, writing about motherhood. So looking for the humor, um, is a good one for me to remind myself that like, first of all, most of my life is, pretty. Okay. And that this is going to end. And this, I will think this is possibly funny someday. Um, So that's one. And then the, the other one is to really kind of envision and picture a a time in the future where you are not feeling this way. And like, really allow yourself to just dream about it just for a minute. Like someday I will get mm. a full night's sleep. I'll get up before my kids and read a book in the morning. It's and like maybe, the
1: mom version of picturing yourself like on an Island with yes, a drink in your hand, sort of, but all
0: it is the only fantasy less ambitious <laughs> is that you're wearing a cute outfit and you're right. well-rested. And if that's the fantasy um, and I, in this last like little season of jet lag plus migraine, plus re-entry from travel and sickness and I really did. I was like, I know that this is going to end. And I know that in a matter of days or a couple of weeks, I'm going to hit my January stride. I'm going to have goals. I'm going to be exercising. Um and I think because we started out the episode talking about this how uh, uh, in our 40s, like for me, I actually do believe it now. I'm not sure, mm. I'm not sure I believed that I'd get out of whatever slump I was in back in the day, but now I know that I will. And so kind of being able to just dream a little, fantasize a little bit about when this, when this kitchen is clean again, it's not today, it's not going to be tomorrow, but this kitchen right. will it be clean will. again. This kitchen so will those be are my clean two. again. Look for the humor and just allow yourself a brief fantasy and, and believe in that fantasy that you will get to the other side of this.
1: Because you will. You yeah. Will. And we will.
0: I did. I'm on the other you side. Already I'm, I'm, I'm so good. You already did. Look at what? you.
1: You're you're proof. You're there. I cooked
0: dinner last night and I wasn't even I didn't even have to. By that I mean my husband was working. So <laughs> <laughs> the kids were having easy phone it in dinners and I made a nutritious, kind of challenging meal for myself. That's how on my A game I am right now. Wow.
1: That is like goals for me right now. <laughs> I think my kids will be eating something not very exciting tonight. But.
0: I know, but you will. You will. You too will get there. Um, well, coming up this Friday, we have two of our contributors, Joanna and Joanne, um, coming in with an episode about they both got dogs, new pets this year. So they are comparing notes on pet ownership, pets and kids getting a new pet. Um, so that's going to be a really fun episode coming up this Friday. And then we kind of teased it, but next week we're talking about dinner, right, Megan?
1: Yeah, we're going to be talking about the dinners that are always in our rotation. So things that, you know, when life is crazy or when you're just not feeling the meal plan, you got something you can fall back on. And we've we've sort of have very different versions of this that rotate through our homes. So we'll be sharing those.
0: Yeah, that's going to be fun. All right. We'll talk to everybody then. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage.
1: And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at the Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes.
0: Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon.